Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. You can find us on Facebook at B L E R D U P. You can find us on Instagram at B L E R D period U P. We are also on Twitter at B L E R D U. Don't use that too much though, but it's all good. No, yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> and of course, we are also on blurred.com. Great website full of nerdy content through a black cultural lens. I'm your host, Brendan, and I'm joined by Mel. Yes, who is wondering why you are shattering the introduction today. Don't I always? No. No, I'm tired. Oh, it happens. And full disclosure for people at home, I have a hereditary stutter. Oh. So uh, I have to speak slower. Maybe Mm -hmm. some people are like, why does he speak so slow? Mm. Because you're like silk. You're just flowing and I'm just like this all mm-hmm. the time. Which is fine. Yeah. It's just you had some strange pauses. You were kind of William Shatnering us. Oh, I'm not sleeping well. Oh. And today was Halloween at my school. Oh, right. And they mm-hmm. ran me ragged. Mm. Yeah. Actually, I realized we're terrible blurts. We're both sitting here on Halloween without a costume between us. Uh, it's but, weird, yeah. But as black people, don't be wearing masks all the time. All right, France fan, and move on. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Today is a big show. We're going to talk about the newest Terminator film, Dark Fate. We'll have a non-spoiler discussion and a spoiler discussion. We're also going to talk about the latest episode of Watchmen. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, we'll try to get to the first half of the last season of BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Terminator Dark Fate, or as I like to call it, Terminator Diversity Hire, (laughs) (laughs) which is the sixth movie in the franchise. Not only is James Cameron back as producer, but he actually has writing credits on this, along with four other people. Charles H. Egley. He's a TV show writer for shows like The Walking Dead, Dark Angel from when I was back high school, Dexter, Mm -hmm. and The Shield. Most importantly, Josh Friedman, who was behind the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I never saw that show, but a lot of people, anyone who watched it said it was really good. Have Mm -hmm. you seen it? I have not. Nope. For me, nothing but the first two Terminator movies exist. Nothing else is important. I mean, I've seen the other movies, but yeah, they didn't make me hopeful. They didn't make me hopeful at all for the Sarah Connor Chronicles, so I never looked at it. Yeah, I actually, now that I've heard so many good things about it, I do want to go back and watch it now. Mm. There's Justin Rhodes, who also wrote some TV shows. Mm-hmm. And lastly, David Goyer, who's been in nerd writing game for decades, is also attached to this. Oh, really? What has he written? I don't know. Blade 2, Blade Trinity. Oh, really? He wrote um, Batman Begins. I want to mm-hmm. say he did The Dark Knight as well. Mm. Possibly even Rise as well. He was attached to that. And. Mm-hmm. He did Batman v Superman. Hmm. He's done a, a number of DC properties and some other things. I think he, I think he co-wrote or wrote Darkman. Or he's he's really? been around for okay. a long time. So he's been doing a lot of stuff. Interesting. He's All even right. written stuff for video games. I think he did a Call of Duty or hmm. something like that. I, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I have to look that up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this movie also brings back Linda Hamilton, Arnold. I'm kind of liberal, but I'm still a registered Republican who killed Tukey Schwarzenegger. And even Eddie Furlong is back. Kind of. 
Yeah. You know, with all this talent involved and returning, is this movie a return to form, reigniting the franchise, or is this the end? Can it be both? Well, let's talk about it. All right. I want to start off with uh, Linda Hamilton, because that's how the movie starts off, right? Mm -hmm. They reuse footage from Terminator 2. Uh, it's actually not. It's like, it's not, that that scene wasn't in Terminator 2. It well, was I'm, like okay. footage that was filmed for Terminator 2 and never used. Yes. And then they CG'd it up to make it different. Although, well, I've heard a variety of things. Maybe you know more about it than I do. But anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, about the open scene, I'm not sure. But mm -hmm. they definitely have Circa T2, Sarah Connor, mm -hmm. talking about Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. And coming back, she's still very badass mm -hmm. as Sarah Connor gritty but she certainly has more wit than she did in the past yeah she's certainly led a life that made her develop it yeah she's paranoid still but she's become accustomed to this life on the run right and hunting right i i kind of like that sarah connor has gotten to evolve as a character yeah and i like that she's unapologetically old and cranky yeah. and you know just yeah she's She's been Sarah Connor for 60 years, and she's sick of it. Yeah, Exactly. Mm -hmm. In T2, she was struggling to learn how to be a mom again. And in this film, she's become more of a grisly but, like, mentor figure. Mm. She reminds me of Jamie Lee Curtis in the in the latest Halloween film. Have you seen that? Never seen it, no. Yeah, you know, they're kind of trying to reignite these 80s franchises mm -hmm. with these, these ladies or, or men. And mm -hmm. I think their kind of arc is a little similar. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, Jamie Lee was a little... little more off the reservation she wasn't really that funny or witty she was just paranoid and crazy but mm. they both kind of have a similar vibe to them okay let's talk about the new characters because mm. overall this is a pretty tight cast surrounding only a few people very true let's start with grace played by Mackenzie davis mm -hmm. do you know yeah uh, El uh what is the what's the name of that uh that the Black Mirror episode that everybody loves. Uh, El, not El Camino. That's the Breaking Bad movie. Santorino. Is that the name of it? What is the name of that Black Mirror? It's the one San, that... San, San Junipero or yeah, something? Yeah, San, San, San Junipero. San, where am I, what am I saying? Yeah, she's from, she's from San Junipero. She's one, of the, she's one of the people in the couple. She's the, the white lady, basically, in the couple in San Junipero. Really? Yeah, I know. That's what I said, too. But that is her. Did I look that up? I The way that I remember her, <laughs> mm -hmm. she was the replicant sex worker in Blade Runner 2049. That's right. she too. Was. That's mm -hmm. what I remember her from. Yeah, she was. But she was in San Junipero. That okay. was like one of her first roles. Okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this time, mm -hmm. she is the protector sent back in time, but there's a twist. She's actually human with enhancements. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't go into detail about how she's enhanced because the things she can do are pretty extraordinary mm -hmm. and to slow the movie down for that would probably hurt the pacing. Well, they give you enough information though. They give you, yeah, an idea about mm -hmm. when it happened, mm -hmm. but not really. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that later, actually. Okay. But she's pretty badass. Mm -hmm. There's an interesting character point about her that makes her different from other protectors, but we'll talk about that a little later. Okay. Because it, it was a surprise to me. Okay. Yeah. Next is Daniela Ramos. Ramos, yeah. Or Danny. She's the person being hunted. In Terminator 3, John Connor... And his female friend, I don't even know her name, so that shows how irrelevant she was. They were being hunted. But now in this movie, mm -hmm. it's solely a woman, yeah. a Hispanic woman, a Mexican woman. Yeah, specifically Mexican. Yes. Yeah. 
even though she is the MacGuffin, she has her own arc. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for her, she gets overshadowed by the other few characters that mostly everyone paid to see. But there's a pretty cool plot point about why she's being hunted. But mm-hmm. again, we'll save that for the spoiler section. Sure. And of course, lastly, Ghost Rider himself, Gabriel Luna. Yep. The new Terminator, Rev 9. He's as terrifying as much as he is suave and he's, charismatic as fuck. He's very, very good at this role. Yes. He I mean, much better as the Terminator than he was as Ghost Rider, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he really is the coolest Terminator to date. Mm. Like, as soon as he comes out that portal in Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, you wonder, like, is he going to just start beating people up and killing them? Mm-hmm. But no, this ain't, this ain't your daddy's Terminator. He drops naked in front of this lady, holding some clothes up, and he's like, he smiles at her. Mm-hmm. You know, he just walks up to her, strolls mm-hmm. up to her in Spanish, you know. Hey, buenos dias, you know. How you doing, you know? Our portal was crazy, right? You know, hey, for real, though, let me get them clothes. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yes, terminate me, daddy. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Sorry. As you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> he was so smooth, though, was he not? Back in the day, it'd be like, your clothes, give them to me now. It was so or robotic. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. For, him, for him to break out the Spanish, and he was, like, smiling, just, mm-hmm. just smooth, like, hey, what's up? Yeah, well, I mean, this... Whatever generation of Terminators this is in this film is clearly significantly more advanced than anything we've seen before. Which, and I thought that they established that right from the beginning. Yeah. In a really good way by having him be so creepily human. Yeah. So we kind of had, you know, murder poppy, but okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Murder pop. <laughs> you know, he ain't creepy like, I'm obviously not human. Have you seen this boy, Robert Patrick? Yeah, you know, exactly. he's he's a true infiltrator. He adopts faces and mannerisms like a real human. And there's one scene in particular that I actually laughed out loud at. I don't know if you know what I'm thinking about right now, but we'll talk about Probably it not, in no. the spoiler mm-hmm. section. I don't want to ruin it, but oh, it was funny to me. Mm. He also doesn't act alone. If he needs to, he will manipulate things and people to carry out his mission. Mm-hmm. It's truly an evolved version. He also manipulates himself in really surprising ways as well, which yes. I think is interesting. Yeah. There's, well, we'll get there, I'm, I'm sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's truly an evolved version when the plot needs him to be. And I'm going to get to that later. Okay, fair enough. And the negatives. Anyway, yeah, so this is directed by Tim Miller. Mm-hmm. His first full-length feature film since Deadpool. Mm-hmm. He wrote and directed a Love, Death, and Robots episode, uh, Ice did. Age. Yeah, that's right, he did. Mm-hmm. And this certainly shows in the action, which to me is easily the best part of this movie. Yeah, it's a great action film. Like, yeah. you really do get into the scenes. And I mean, first of all, I had no idea that Old Girl from San Junipero was built like Alan Iverson, but she is. <laughs> and, like, I honestly... I mean, she's huge. I don't know if she actually is that big or if that was movie magic in a lot of situations. I think it was partially movie magic because there's no way she's bigger than every dude in the film. I mean, she, there's a point where, she, where she's staring right over Arnold Schwarzenegger's head. And again, I'm not sure if that's movie magic or if she really is that big. Hmm. Um, but she's very good at the action scenes like yeah. in a way that I was really not expecting so when she first falls out the sky I was like oh man we're gonna get a Mary Sue out of this and she kind of is but she's a Mary Sue who can fight so it's okay yeah I I haven't been this thrilled in a Terminator film since T2 mm-hmm. 
the movie opens up with the first scenes that are reminiscent of the mall to freeway scene in T2 and then some. I came into this movie with very low expectations, Hmm. but every set piece kept my eyes wide and I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Very true. Me too. I mean, I really loved the first two Terminator movies, but the last three were so awful that I was just expecting this one to be terrible too with some cool action pieces. Yeah. But this was actually a good movie. I mean, I think it is the best movie we've had since two. Uh, easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I mean, T2 may have the most iconic set pieces, but pound for pound, the amount of work that went into the set pieces and choreography of Dark Fate mm-hmm. are undeniably just thrilling and easily the best of the franchise. Definitely. They really are creative as well. Like there's places that there's action that I would never have thought of on my own. You know, I wouldn't have expected them to do action scenes in certain places and they do. And it's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. The chemistry between all the characters are pretty good. No Mm -hmm. one phones it in, in my opinion. Everyone came to work. mm -hmm. They work very well together. There's some decent lines Mm -hmm. shared between them. You have a well in there. I mean, I have to be honest, as far as action, Grace was the strongest link. As far as acting, I think she was kind of the weakest link. She was very much like, well, gee golly, I'm human. How dare you think I'm not? You know, it was kind of a little bit too on the nose sometimes. But she had a lot to do. And I can see where where, where her performance kind of aired on the side of over-earnest, perhaps. It's -hmm. it's a hard balance with her because she's not just human, but she's a traumatized human. Very traumatized, yeah. From being enhanced, from yeah. just living in mm-hmm. that world. I mean, yeah. she, as a kid, was mm-hmm. in our timeline of yeah. just a regular society, mm-hmm. and then she witnesses Judgment Day mm-hmm. along with just living through it and mm-hmm. becoming a soldier in it. And yeah. so she's probably, I mean, she's a little colder, mm-hmm. but you definitely do still feel some emotion. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I was hoping there'd be a bit more depth. There's a big difference between her and, say, Kyle Reese, who Kyle Mm. Reese comes out the gate like he's, you know, trauma can make you appear crazy. People who haven't lived through that same trauma and you start, you you get that from the beginning with him. Um, Whereas she, you know, I don't know. It just, there's just a depth that was lacking for me. Mm -hmm. I feel you. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how I'm kind of, I'm not saying that she was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that she was fine. Mm-hmm. We look at Captain Marvel, who's mm-hmm. also a soldier, mm-hmm. but you and I both don't like her character. Yeah, that's true. And then I look at this person. For mm-hmm. me, it's a little easier to understand because they they mm-hmm. do a better job of pointing out mm-hmm. why she's probably that way. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can fill in the gaps for yourself in well, that way. Yeah. And so for me, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, the issue with Captain Marvel is the writing and the acting, mm-hmm. right? Whereas I think that the Grace character was well-written, mm-hmm. but not always acted to the uh, to the level where, like, you have Sarah Connor. It's really hard to go up against... Uh, Linda Hamilton. Yeah, Linda Hamilton uh, at in full Sarah Connor cranky old lady mode sure. and still come out as a fully realized character. There were moments when it was kind of... How, how deep into spoilers can we get? Okay, so there's a moment where... Sarah Connor and Grace have a confrontation and Grace is kind of there and Sarah Connor's like in full beat your ass mode. And it's kind of, you're kind of wondering, well, why? I don't think it's an issue of dampened emotion as part of the writing. I think it's just that, that that's where the performance went and it didn't go any farther. And I wish it kind of had in some cases. Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to get to a bit of that later on. Mm-hmm. I, I feel you on that. Mm-hmm. 
honestly, I don't really have anything else on the positives to say. So let's get to the I things. Mean, I that... liked it. I thought it was good. It's there's, but the thing is, like any action movie, it's more fun to talk about the things that you don't like than it is about the things you like. You can be like, wow, that scene was really cool, but you can only say that so much. But it's fun to kind of nitpick and look at the things that didn't work as well. So we're not going to leave you in suspense, dear listeners. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I was entertained by this movie. It's a great action film. I reiterate, easily the best since T2. Mm-hmm. But I do want to go into some things that I kind of mm, had some so I had some nitpicks for. Yeah. So number one, this really is just a reboot of the franchise again. Mm-hmm. And it's the same story of saving someone important. Mm-hmm. As entertaining as this was, the back of my mind was just like, so what? Um, we're going to talk about BoJack season six later on. Mm-hmm. But there's a point at the last episode where they're talking to a female director about mm-hmm. directing a comic movie mm-hmm. and she's like another one mm-hmm. and they're like yeah they're looking for someone who can make a superhero movie with the twist and mm-hmm. she's like so they want me to pitch the twist and they're like no the pitch is it's a woman <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I don't want to shortchange this movie like mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff in mm-hmm. here but like Jurassic World or The Force Awakens etc mm-hmm. I'm just ready for it to really truly evolve and do something else yeah there there, there are some kind of incremental changes here mm-hmm. it's kind of like the almost the hillary clinton of incremental change in, in the terminator franchise to mm. me okay i mean yeah i the problem with the terminator movies is that they all tell the same story with varying degrees of success the reason that terminator one and terminator two were both so good is that they told the same story but almost in different genres And then you had every other film come along and try to do the same thing. But this one is a return to the genre of Terminator 2, kind Mm. of that buddy action flick um, with a little bit of sci-fi thrown in to make it make sense. Um, But it's just the same story again. So I knew exactly what was going to happen. I wasn't surprised by anything. I was entertained because of the performances, because you kind of get to see some old faces doing new-ish stuff. Well, not even new stuff, just doing different stuff that other people did in other movies before. Yeah. And the action, the action scenes. Yeah. I mean, it was that was why I watched it. But as far as story, there's nothing particularly compelling about Terminator anymore. I'm going to get to that too. <laughs> okay. In a different way. My number two issue. Mm-hmm. I said before that the new Rev-9 Terminator is badass when mm-hmm. the plot demands it. And mm-hmm. I mean it. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes he's running... And climbing like he's like a World War Z zombie. I mean, like he can really move mm-hmm. and he fights ferociously when he wants. Mm-hmm. Other times he takes that that suaveness too seriously and just mm-hmm. chills or he gets overpowered by lesser Terminators mm-hmm. too easily, in my opinion. It's it has that kind of Walking Dead problem where, you know, you have these underpowered and overpowered zombies when the plot demands it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can just break an arm off or break their face so easily. Other times they're like super strong and Mm. you know and i think the way he ultimately gets terminated you know it's going to happen was a head scratcher but we'll save that Mm, for the spoiler section as well yeah definitely i from the very first scene so the very first scene with him or with him Mm -hmm. from the very first scene you're kind of expecting to see so I'm not a person who needs a lot of things explained in a movie. I'm totally okay with using my imagination. You give me the set piece. If it's fully realized enough in the world building visually, I don't need it to be explained. I'm totally okay with like retconning it myself in my mind. But they showed a lot of what he could do, and I kind of did want them to explain it more. And I think that's part of the problem. 
where it's like sometimes he was really badass and sometimes he was just sort of relaxed and chill. And it was like, why? How human is this really? Right. And that never got answered. You know, is this just like the equivalent of a human psychopath in a robot body? How is this thing? Progr- like it made me ask those questions where if they had realized it more fully and more consistently, just visually, then I would have been OK with that. And you also go back to the first two films because mm-hmm. Kyle Reese very well explained mm-hmm. what the T-800 could do. Yeah. But and very briefly, he didn't it wasn't it didn't have to be belabored. He just had to say this is what it is. And then they moved on. Mm-hmm. And then T-2, the T-800 explained what the T-1000 could do. Mm-hmm. It can't do this. It can only form these 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 basic hammers or weapons with its hands, etc. It can, it very well explained. They mentioned one thing about that it can acquire what it touches. There was so much going on with what it could do and how just seemingly invincible it was that they never really addressed that. Yeah, they didn't establish any ground rules. Um, right. They kind of gave you this... Well, they kind of gave you a framework that didn't actually include the the main antagonist. Well, you're right. They really clearly, that's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought about it. So they really clearly explained what the Terminator can and can't do in T1 and T2. But then after that, that's where it, the movie, the franchise kind of falls down and that they don't do a good job of laying out the ground rules. No. Interesting. Okay. And even for this protector, mm-hmm. Grace, they said, well, I don't want to, uh, it's kind of a, because she's human and she's mm-hmm. enhanced, mm-hmm. there are limits to her mm-hmm. abilities. That's all I'll really say. Mm-hmm. But they don't really go into other things like really what she's about. Yeah. With that, I didn't mind so much. Because she's human and human people are fickle and there's a lot of weirdness going on with human bodies. Okay, fine. I didn't mind that so much. Uh, but I did mind it with the with the Terminator. Like the Rev-9. Yeah, yeah, the Rev-9. Mm-hmm. Rev Rider. Yeah. Speaking of head scratchers, the movie introduces and tells you about some things that to me either don't make sense or would be beneficial to see it play out as opposed to simply being told and kind of that what we're talking mm. about is among those things. Mm. Grace hacks a smartphone with her hand mm-hmm. and when asked what and how she's doing it, mm-hmm. she simply says future shit. There are other plot points I want to speak on, but we'll save mm-hmm. them for the spoiler section, but it's kind of like they, they speed through some things just to get to the next plot point or action scene. It's like that Rick and Morty pilot when they're running through the airport mm-hmm. and Morty keeps like witnessing crazy things and Rick's like, don't think about it. Like mm. That's how I felt about this sometimes. Mm. Like when I, when I walked out, I was like, wow, that was, I was impressed. But then the more I started walking, I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Totally. Yeah. I mean, again, if it's fully realized enough visually, I usually don't mind. I'll mm. try and figure it out like how that could be myself. But they didn't. Re- a lot of those things weren't fully realized visually or in the story enough for me to want to figure it out myself. Mm. It just didn't make sense. Sure. Next point. I think fans are going to be split about what they do with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Eddie Furlong. Mm, yeah, very much so. I was not expecting them to do what they did with either of those. Yeah. But again, we'll save that for the spoiler section. And my last minor bit is you didn't see the trailer, so that's good for you. Mm-hmm. But some of the trailer doesn't necessarily give away things, but it gives enough to help you connect the dots in the movie so that you aren't surprised when things happen. Mm-hmm. Like there's, if you've seen the trailer, there's no surprise as to how Arnold gets introduced mm-hmm. with the way they set it up. Yeah, I thought they would have. Um, I thought it would have been cooler to not have an idea going into it. So mm-hmm. that was my mistake for watching the trailer, but. Mm-hmm. Fair. This new movie was one of the ones that I wasn't really sure I was going to watch, mm-hmm. let alone review. So mm, that's on me. Enough. That's yeah. on me. Well, if you yeah. haven't seen the trailer, I would recommend not watching it and just going in cold. 
That makes sense. And we still recommend this movie. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. it but again, with the tra- I, I did watch one of the trailers mm-hmm. kind of odd in the background when I was doing other stuff, mm-hmm. like after I saw the movie. Yeah. And again, you kind of already know what's going to... Every Terminator movie has the exact same story. So trailer or no trailer, I think you're going to figure out what's going to happen pretty quickly when you're watching. What's going on, yes. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what they're going to do with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think that, oh, okay. was, that was the big oh, okay. thing. Yeah. As soon as they're like... This 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 is gonna happen, or mm-hmm. this this is here. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. So that's our overall non-spoiler talk. I want to talk about really quick what we want to see going forward. This is apparently the start of a new trilogy, which I'm more this. Um, yeah, I mean, the idea of locking it down to a trilogy is whack to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested in more stories about these characters. But I am tired of the prevention story and just mm-hmm. the saving someone important story. I just want us to them to give us the war movies. Really, mm-hmm. Scott gave us Alien, and then James Cameron blew our minds with Aliens. Mm, true. You look at the amazing Apes trilogy of recent and see how that evolved. Pun intended. You know, I want <laughs> I want that for Terminator. Like mm-hmm. even in this movie, they have scenes to what happened in the future, and you're like, wow, this looks crazy mm-hmm. like i want to see how that plays mm-hmm. out it kind of reminded me of altered carbon in some spots minus the whole body jump uh aspect of course mm-hmm. but like the military scenes reminded me a bit of the way that altered carbon took their kind of military scenes i never finished that show i actually quite liked it was it good yeah, I'll, I'll, it. I'll check it out yeah, i'll finish the book it it's quite good too but anyway yeah i just evolved the story and and finish it because mm-hmm. we're six movies deep and we really haven't gone anywhere yeah we've just told the same rescue story six times yeah but only, but you've, but it's only been told well three times. So yeah, I personally, I'm just, I want to hear a new story. I want to yeah. see a new story. I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed that they're going to make three more, well, two more now, Terminator films, only because I know that they're probably going to be the same story, told two more times. I don't, I don't think this film showed a good enough, a deep enough commitment to good writing, to make whatever happens after this, compelling. I mean, I might see them, but I'm not going to be in a hurry. I want them to do a big time jump. Yeah. I mean, they kind of did it in this movie, mm-hmm. kind of sort of. I want them to do something like that. I want the next movie to be The War. Maybe just mm. two just two war movies. Maybe, yeah. Set up, here's The War, mm-hmm. here's you know a cliffhanger like Empire Strikes Back or something, and then the second film is like, this is it. Mm-hmm. We're done. Yeah. I mean, I think the only way it could be successful is if they do tell two really different stories. If mm. they do a war movie and then maybe a some sort of post-dystopia movie. Okay. Because nobody's doing post-dystopia. That'd be great. Sure. I'd love to see that. I'm with it. Mm-hmm. But um, right now, I'm not excited. I This was nice, but I don't really want to see whatever comes next. Unless they're going to do like they did with T1 and T2 and really surprise me yeah. by humanizing the film in a completely different way. Totally. I'm totally with you. Is there anything you want to see going forward? I don't, but... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I don't want to spend too much time. We're, yeah, we're getting sure. late. Let's get to the spoiler section. So again, if you have seen this movie, stick around. Let's talk about it. And if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to spoil it, I would turn off now or cut a little bit ahead. This will probably be about, I don't know, 10, or 10, 10 minutes maybe. Yeah, sure. Okay. Can we can we put a time stamp on it for folk? I can do that in Mixcloud, but I can't do it for Apple Podcasts, oh. which you can't subscribe to and write a review for us on, yeah, or please. Spotify. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I would probably say about 10 minutes from now. Okay. Anyway, let's get started. Three, two, one. 
This is the second film that we've seen recently where presumably a black woman is killed off screen. The Joker being the first. What black woman was killed off screen? Remember, and this is the, the funny scene I was talking about, when that mm-hmm. black woman shows up in that um, at that military oh, station, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's talking all that shit. She's uh-huh. like, shut the fuck up, Terrence. And then, she and then just, just kills, like yeah. stabs this guy through uh-huh. the collarbone into his heart. she's actually the Terminator. That's I, knew, a good point. I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that was yeah. Terminator. But man, it was so funny that mm-hmm. she, like, he really took on her mannerisms. He really did. Yeah, exactly. Is that, is that cultural mm-hmm. appropriation? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> took on her mannerisms and just. I mean, do you really think that the that I, the Terminator I'm, I'm himself is Mexican? Anyway, I know. <laughs> she fucked Terrence up. Let's have uh-huh. a moment of silence for Terrence. Oh gosh. Other like he was like one of two black men in this movie who had speaking parts. Yeah. I we, re- sir. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. How do you feel about John Connor getting killed so quick? Um, I was surprised. Yeah. It okay. From a story perspective, I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna be really different because they did this. Yeah. It didn't really pay off the way I thought it was going to. I thought that killing John Connor changes everything. I mean, I thought that the next scene would be we'd be in the middle of some kind of um, war. Yeah, some kind of war. That didn't happen. Um, but I'm kinda glad they did it. Because it means that they've got to move somewhere else with the story. I don't know. I do kind of wonder, though, where it's going to go from here. Uh, If they're going to make more movies, just because John Connor has been so central to the Terminator mythology. He has kind of outlived his usefulness. But what next? What happens now? So if if Danny becomes the new Terminator, the new John, not the new Terminator, sorry, the new John, are we going to have her do some of the kind of unnecessary things that John Connor does in the rest of the series. Well, it's interesting you say that because if you think about it, John Connor served his purpose by stopping Judgment Day in 97 mm-hmm. and then 98 he got killed. Right. So it's kind of like you've out, you, you're done, mm-hmm. but that sends a ripple throughout time and it just kind of feeds into a loop. Yeah, you stopped at that time, but even in, in Rise of the Machines, Terminator 3, they mm-hmm. were like, you didn't end Judgment Day, you just... Postponed, Pro- postponed it, yeah. it, prolonged it, and although this movie is supposed to erase, so of course, three, yeah, I know, I and know. then the rest are all right. like alternate timelines. Right. This movie is a direct sequel to number right, two, right? Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, but you know, the, the Terminator also talks to the Rev Nine about your future doesn't end well either, and it's kind of like everyone is kind of like prolonging the inevitable, mm-hmm. which I found I found was interesting. Mm-hmm. My feeling about John reminds me of Aliens. I keep talking about the Alien franchise here. When Ripley works so hard to save Newt and Kyle Reese's character mm-hmm. and Aliens, they're just killed so quickly at the start of that new film. Yeah. I was a little upset about that. Especially because they, they yeah. killed a kid like, like, like that. that. Yeah. But I mean, not, it set the stakes pretty high, but yeah. yeah. But I'm not terribly upset about what happened here either. Mm. It's like Last Jedi. Let the past die. <clears throat> Kill it if you have to. I guess, yeah. I mean, it did a really good job of setting up the way that Sarah Connor is in this film. Yeah. Um, So that was really good. Mm. I thought it was good as far... I mean, as a writing decision, I thought it was a really good, a stroke of genius, but... Ballsy. Yeah, very. Very bold. Very, very. Um, But as far as emotional impact and impact on the story, eh, well, we kind of still have a John Connor, so it didn't really change that much. Joanna Carter. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about Carl? 
boo. Okay. Yeah. Not, not boo exactly. It's just I. Okay. Talk about it. I mean, here's the thing. I get what they're trying to do, but they had to hand wave way too much to make the Terminator friendly Carl the plumber or what is he, an interior designer? Drape. Yeah, draperies. Drape, draperies guy. Yeah. Wow. Friendly Carl the draperies guy who is magic. Extremely funny. Yeah, who's very funny. He's he's very, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> um, but he's, you know, living he's been raising somebody's kid with them for the past twenty years or whatever, fifteen years. I don't know. They had just had to hand wave too much to too make it possible. Much, too much. And then all of a sudden he's a Terminator again. So you've been spending all this time learning how to be human. And because Sarah Connor shows up and snaps her fingers and says, you killed my son, I'm going to murder you too. It just doesn't make any sense. No. How does a killbot mm-hmm. develop a conscious? And you know, the T-800 from T2 was a learning computer, but it was a hacked computer. Mm-hmm. They hacked it. This is just a clean, I did my mission, you know. I don't understand how Carr wasn't, A, programmed to self-destruct after he completed his mission. That was my question. He walks yeah. off into the water after killing John Connor. Does, and does I he think, go in the water? He, he, just, well, he just walks, he off, just on walks the beach. off on the beach. He's, yeah, he's walking into the direction of the water. Time for a 10. I'm finished. Yeah, exactly. It's vacation time. <laughs> right. right. But he just walks off and you think, okay, well, that's the end of the Terminator. Why would he? Who in their right mind would program a murder bot to go and do their murder and then just hang out and not murder anything ever again? Well, that is just murder. But if you're trying to... You don't want to inadvertently affect your future if you're exactly. if you're the machine. So why wouldn't you just program it? Head to a, you know, like T two, head to a molten lava foundry, right? And, exactly. Or just jump into a volcano. Yeah, exactly. Or just be done. Did self destruct, disappear. Yes. Skynet is a sloppy programmer. I don't get it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm. And B, I don't understand how it grew a conscious in the first place because its programming is designed like is it is it designed by you know Windows because it has these these glitches. How does it just develop a conscious out of nowhere without exactly. being hacked? And a perfectly moral human conscious at that. Right. And how did it get gray and flabby as time went on? Right. So, okay, that was my biggest question. So, in the because I thought about it, I actually did watch Terminator 1 again because that is one of my favorite movies before watching this. Mm-hmm. And in Terminator 1, Kyle Reese does his whole thing where he says, okay, so he's explaining what the Terminator is. And right. He says... It's got a human skin over a robot body. It's got bad breath. It ha- looks like a human, but it's actually a robot that's meant to kill you. Okay. 1980s I thought it's robot like, experience. I thought yeah. it's like synthetic, organic it, yeah. matter. Yeah, it's not like yeah, it's a real exactly. person with that's organs. That's exactly what he explains. In a, a ex- expanding, you can't gather fat. Exactly. Why would you program a robot to gather exactly. fat? Exactly. So where? how do you get it to age? Like how is the synthetic flesh aging? And also... Um, how does old girl not know he's a robot? Because literally the robot is like right up underneath his skin. Like if he knocks his head against something, it's going to ding. So what? I, I don't make mistakes. Right. And I'm extremely funny. Exactly. It's so confusing. It's like Sarah Connor asked the perfect question. How did she not notice that you weigh 400 pounds? And, you know, we don't have a physical relationship. Too much hand waving. Way too much hand waving. So you're, I'm like, really? You're, you're saying this like, you know moderately attractive lady with her son is just going to hang out at your crib for 15 years and not ever well, question okay. anything stranger things can happen but again she should there should be more of an understanding of the in the relationship than i'm just the guy who takes care of your kid i'm a robot developing unconscious also he's developed a conscious over time he didn't ha- he wasn't this person when they first met so when they first met he was just like <laughs> 
he he wasn't a person. He was still this a murder super bot. super buff thing. Just like, shows up one day like, I shall change the diaper. Like, what? And then, of course, he was like, your name's Carl? That's what they call me. It isn't like he said, I'm Carl. Yeah. You know? Like, so, again, I, yeah. I would like to see, a sh- you know, a sh- maybe a short anthology of, of Carl becoming Carl. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's move on a little bit. Is it that easy to kill Terminators with just a simple EMP? Because why didn't they adopt that years ago? Exactly. Like what the T eight hundred should have have known that. Exactly. Why didn't Carl just tell Sarah how to do that whenever he sent coordinates to her? Exactly. Like here, go go these go these locations with your guns yeah. and just kill these things. Yeah, exactly. You never know what kind they're gonna come out. Mm-hmm. It could be a Rev nine that won't even be affected by this shit. Precisely. Instead of just saying, take your EMP to this point in time and, and shut it down. Done. And also, let's be real. Why They did that whole thing, I have done it to give you a purpose, Sarah. But why isn't he, termi- he's a Terminator. Why isn't he killing the Terminators? Yes. What? Yes. Right? What I would have liked to have seen is a Sarah Connor Terminator team up. They are a team who goes around terminating Terminators. That would have been way more fun than let me go find Carl in the woods hanging drapes and changing diapers. Come on. Right. They missed a golden opportunity to have a genuinely badass Terminator terminating team traveling around. And then they're the ones who Grace and Danny meet up with. That would have been great. But I wouldn't want them to hand wave. Oh, I killed John. But, you know, we're cool now. Also, I don't know why they had to use the same Terminator that killed John, because she says in the beginning, many Terminators were sent. I totally agree with you. Why does it have to be the same Terminator? If many Terminators were sent, it could have been another Terminator who then who had the glitch because he saw this Terminator terminate John Connor. That would have made more sense. And then he develops a conscience because something happened in his logic circuits or Sarah Connor. Because she, because one of the things I like about her character is she consistently takes levels and badass every single movie that mm. she's in. From the, in the first one, she's like this stupid party girl who like works in a boutique or something. Yeah. And then the next one, she's like a murder machine yeah. who's like breaking out of things and yeah. like, you know, really cool. By this time, okay, she's 60 years old or whatever. She's learned to program. Why ha- Why didn't she capture a Terminator and, and hack it herself so that she's got a good part? Because let's be real, a 60-year-old lady with a gun and a Terminator... I don't care how badass she is. She needs backup. What I'm curious about is what Terminators came out. Because if they already sent T-1000 in that time, mm-hmm. like they're only going to get more advanced, right? Yeah, and, that's and, the and the guns mm-hmm. that she brought to kill the Rev-9 weren't going to do it. Exactly. So how did she kill these things? Yeah, exactly. What Terminators were they? Were they just way more, were they more T-800s? And if so, why? Again, too much hand-waving. Hand-waving, I'm telling they you. could have made the story much cleaner by just having her and a Terminator teamed up from the beginning without having the whole, like, journey into the woods, the Justin Timberlake album, Man of the Woods moment. I want to talk about how the Rev-9 died. So... If mm-hmm. the Rev Nine, which can split itself mm-hmm. between its nanotech and its like ex, its endoskeleton, mm-hmm. um, if it can go through fire and debris, like it melts and kind of reforms mm-hmm. elsewhere, why didn't it come back at the end of the movie when Carl pushed it into the generator and it blew up? Yeah, I was confused. Cause, yeah, because yeah, the exoskeleton came out. Yeah, and it was kind of beat up, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. I wasn't like the nanotech couldn't have just reformed around yeah. it like how was that destroyed they never addressed that they didn't at all although yeah there are a lot of things that weren't addressed so going back even to the very first scene where you see the Rev 9 fighting with Grace the first time mm-hmm. the first thing I thought is well first of all in they're in some some auto pro- processing auto producing 
what's the word, auto production plant sure. in Mexico. And my first thought was That's there is something. All your, all, your, all your jobs are. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so they're in this auto production plant. And Grace and the Rev-9 begin to fight like mm-hmm. out of nowhere. This is the very first like real intense Super action intense. piece. It's a really well staged piece, really well done. But I thought to myself, okay, uh, there's something wrong, something very wrong with these Mexicans. Okay, because let's be real. You go to your job in Mexico City or wherever they live. It's not mm-hmm. Mexico City. It's close to the border. I don't know where they are. You go to your job uh, where you're just, you know, casually putting bolts in cars and then suddenly, murder a poppy and a gigantic white woman just start brawling all over the floor. And you don't run. Mm. You just hang out like, oh, my God, what's happening? Let me try and help. D- run. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. Yeah. So there's a lot wrong with the interactions in some of these. <laughs> Speaking of Mexicans, I had some thoughts about the Hispanic man infiltrating ICE and the border. And then going on a killing spree through the facility, killing ICE agents. I, yeah. It's not like I, I'm against that because, yeah. like, like, fuck ICE. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes— Also, I thought it was interesting—sorry, not to cut you off. But I thought it was interesting that the voices and faces of ICE were all women or people of color. Did you mm. notice that? It was like there was a black woman who was— Giving everybody crap in the in the cells, it the peop the the people who were the, the medical team they were all either Hispanic or, or well Latino really, uh, Latino or uh, there was one white woman and then of course the Rev Nine himself is dressed as an ICE agent or as a military member for most of his time on screen and he is also Latino which I thought was interesting. I mean there were there were a few white faces but largely mm-hmm. but all, right. most of the voices like most you're of right. the speaking roles and yeah. like personality having roles. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about it with Marvel, but sometimes the military helps produce movies mm-hmm. by providing military personnel as extras or access to their facilities, vehicles, etc., airplanes. I wonder if they had a hand in this and if they made their, their facilities look nicer than they really are. We've all read and heard the horror stories about mm-hmm. these concentration camps. I really doubt it. I also have to say, I don't okay, know. Schwarzenegger's Tukey Williams issue aside, I was pleasantly surprised that there was such a strong, uh, that this whole, there was the whole thing about the Terminator killing ICE agents in a movie that he was in Mm. because he's, his immigration stance has been notoriously ropey. Okay. So it was interesting to see that in this, him in this movie with that in this movie as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very curious how the Hispanic community will react to that scene. You know, it was interesting because this week, so I saw The Terminator yesterday, and Mm -hmm. then like two or three days ago, I also saw Rambo, Last Blood, which also has a really significant plot point where where a lot of the movie takes place in Mexico and a lot of the cast are Mexican, Mm -hmm. and our main female protagonists are all Mexican, which I... I don't know. I found it interesting to see kind of those two movies back-to-back, basically. Sure. Um, On the one hand, it's politically expedient, on the other hand, representation matters. On the other other hand, though, there does seem to be this interesting sort of trope developing of Mexican women as unwitting saviors slash eternal victims that I don't really love. And that happened in both Rambo and in this, I thought. Hmm. Eventually, Danny Ramos does become the new John Connor, essentially, and she's kind of badass. But it takes her a long time to get there. And she doesn't see, even though she seems to be kind of like the, the golden child in her family, um, it, 
There doesn't seem to be much in her except for tears until the very end of the film. And even then, when she decided she was going to fight, I was like, what you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, she got... Mm-hmm. What's the word? What's the black phrase? She got real... What are you trying to say? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, she was talking a lot of shit for, <laughs> for like... <coughs> take your time. Mm-hmm. She was talking a lot of shit for... Like literally, everyone around her is much more powerful than you and are. She had and you're way like, more mouth than muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- also, that's another thing. What was she even doing there? Everybody else is like, "Let's hang." This is our kill box. We're gonna fight the Terminator. I'm the bait, but I'm just gonna stand here while everybody fights the Terminator around me. When he could easily slip through everybody and murder me in two seconds. And then she was like, mm-hmm. "I mean, the dude shows up. He's mm-hmm. like, I ain't running." Exactly. Okay. Again, with what in your hands? Look, look, look. We are clearly black folks. I grew up in Colorado. I grew, I grew up in Colorado, around a lot of Mexican people, a lot of people of Latino descent. We are all hood adjacent. Mm-hmm. And one thing we do not do is not run when things start blowing up. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Have you seen that viral video? Right? It's like what happens when somebody starts running in the hood. And it's like one guy just starts running and everybody else, regardless of race, because they're in the hood, starts running. Now, I'm not saying that these people are in the hood, but I'm just saying, right, uh, culturally, we're not going to stand around and go, oh, my goodness, it's a monster. What do I do? Scream, scream. No, we don't do that. Run, hide. What's going on here? Who wrote this? Uh, yeah. White people, but still. White men. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, still, yeah, that just didn't seem to, to hit for me culturally. I want to go back to, mm-hmm. culturally speaking, I want to go back mm-hmm. to the, the ice scene. You know, mm-hmm. the scene for me just had a shallow payoff. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, mm-hmm. it's the white woman who frees mm-hmm. the prisoners not out of her own benevolence. Mm-hmm. It's just to help cause chaos and help them escape. Probably a number of prisoners died because some agents were afraid. When in the panic of the chaos, they probably just shot some mm. prisoners dead. But mm-hmm. the film will ignore that because for the sake of the plot. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's a that's a critical point in every Terminator film, I think. There's loads of casualties. Like of course, always. but, but mm-hmm. now this is focused on... Hispanic mm-hmm. people. Yeah, And true. so I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the concentration camp was slash is so important this year. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's rubbed me the wrong way the way it was used here a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it just it felt mm-hmm. shallow. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it was, again, too much hand-waving to make it really make sense. Yes. Because, first of all, Sarah Connor said she's wanted in all 50 states. They're not going to put her in regular detention with everybody else. Well, well they were taking her out. Remember? That's true. But they, they would have ID'd them, I would think, before they even put them in there. That's a good point. Um, the Grace is like having seizures and whatnot, and they don't even know who she is. But she's in some sort of weird self-contained medical facility with four people looking at her and there's nobody else in there. You're right. It was a very clean, very neat, very scientific facility. Um, and then it was just very... It just seemed like a set piece. It didn't seem like there was any real reason it had to be a detention facility. They could have stopped at a Krispy Kreme on the highway and had the same kind of situation. I mean, it really wasn't any. I think they wanted it to be more special than it was, and it wasn't. I exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I said I think they wanted it to be deep and symbolic. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at this Spanish guy killing ice agents. But I, it is felt very shallow. Yeah. And pandering. Um, before we move on to Watchmen, I want to quickly go over some plot points of. It was pretty much foreshadowed that. Danny wasn't the womb. She was actually a person. They really emphasized that. I yeah. was like, I'm not surprised, but it was cool. It was, it was very cool on the that. nose. Like, again, 
they should have made her more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it was fine for Sarah Connor to be pretty useless because she wasn't the actual person who was going to save the world. Her son was. Yeah. But if Danny Ramos is going to become this badass general in the future, she's wise. like, she's like four feet tall and she mm. comes up out of the rubble. There's a scene that's a flash forward. Right. She comes up out of the rubble and talks like all these creeps down from abusing the child who eventually becomes Grace in the future. And you never get a sense of her having anything like that kind of personality or that foundation in her personality. Right. Um, so they needed to make a clearer choice. Yeah. If she's not going to be the womb, never let her act like it. Yeah. That's my thing. Or give her a stronger turn mm-hmm. or reason or, you know, why she's the one, mm-hmm. you know. And lastly, let's talk about Grace uh, roiding up every time she <laughs> wants to fight or, or heal. Again, hand-waving. Oh, I have all this crazy-ass tech in me. I need, like some weird 20th century medicine to keep going. Like (sighs) it was anti-convulsive she needed. So essentially whatever was done to her made her a futuristic epileptic, which I thought, I I will say, I thought that those parts were really well acted. Like when she was kind of going through her thing. And I thought that that was an interesting touch, but again, uh, this is a place where I think the performance was good, but the writing that backed it up was not great. Okay. Like it was flipped. Yeah. So the opposite as to the rest of, that character, what form that character. They didn't really, I mean, none. Of, most of us watching this aren't doctors, so we don't know, but the idea of her, and I think what made it seem weird to me is that at the end she's got a power source. Yeah. So if she has a power source that, and her, and but her metabolism is the problem, then why aren't her power source and her metabolism connected? Yeah, it, How does yeah. this actually work? You don't really need to explain it all, but you needed to give us a little bit more than I need to break into the pharmacy and steal all the epilepsy drugs. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. All right, let's go on. Yeah, we're moving on. Second episode of The Watchmen. Oh, you made a face. Uh, meh. It was kind of what I was afraid of. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, I'm not, it wasn't bad. Talk, talk, talk about it. It wasn't bad. I'm looking forward to the next episode still, but that first episode had such a flow and a progression mm. and really just pulled you into this world. And the second episode, I don't know if I said this on the mic before, but my biggest worry about Watchmen is that it's the same showrunner as Lost. Right. And Lost had a great start and then kind of meandered off into no man's land mm-hmm. pretty quickly because he's a pantser, not a planner. And I think Watchmen is something that needs planning um, as far as writing goes. Uh, and the second episode was very much like, well, now you're in the world. Let's go over here and see what this is. Let's poke this. Let's poke that. There were some cool touches, mm. but I really need the third episode to have more plot progression to it. I really wish this was a binger because mm. sometimes shows like these will have those dips. Mm-hmm. If you watch Daredevil mm. and you got to that that kind of filler episode, you'd be mm-hmm. like, man, this is whack. But mm. watching it straight through, you kind of forget about that and mm. just think about the overall picture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen yet. Exactly. But I thought there's some cool touches here. Oh, um, yeah. The very beginning opens with the Germans dropping leaflets on the black soldiers during World War One. Mm. You know, you see... A uh, white man literally spit on a fellow black soldier mm-hmm. while he's reading this letter. You know, mm-hmm. do you enjoy the same rights as the white people in America? Black people have fine positions in Germany. Why fight us to carry the gun in service for America? It's not an honor, yeah, but that a was, shame. That was some deep out history. I will Ooh. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Where did that? Where did that actually go, though? Like, I was not sure. Like, where that wound up. And so that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So, in the Watchmen 
book, mm-hmm. you had the Black Freighter as the kind of the side story to yeah. what's happening mm-hmm. in the in the main story. Yeah. But I feel like now we have this kind of alternate black history with that. Yeah. And obviously the American hero story on TV that everyone's watching. And right. They're they're kind of both happening alongside the main narrative. And so I don't right. know how it's going to play out. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. But obviously we learn now that that boy is, mm. what's what's Regina King's character name? Uh, I don't know her. Uh, Angela Abar is her yes. personal name. She's, but now they're, yeah. they're related. Uh, he's, yeah. he's her, grand, her grandfather. Mm-hmm. Which you kind of, you know. I, yeah, I think know. it's great. I just, I don't know that I wanted it to be a binger. I just really want, I want every episode to compel me to watch the next one. I think that's one of the problems that with binging series is that because people are making series that are all released in one chunk now, they don't have to keep that hook. They don't have to tell stories that have a beginning, middle, end, and then you want to see the next beginning when you get to the end of it. You're kind of getting stories that you're expecting people to binge, so they kind of just go and go and go and go, and maybe you look at the whole picture later. I think I don't know that that's always the best way to tell a story okay. over many episodes of something, personally. But that's it. I didn't dislike the episode. I was just hoping that it would have more of a bearing on the overall story. But again, it might have just been set up for stuff that came, that comes later. It seems that way. I mean, mm-hmm. personally, I haven't watched a lot of shows that binge a lot of shows that didn't have that aspect to them. Like, I think all the Marvel shows are pretty much on that level. Mm-hmm. And obviously, BoJack has things like that. Yeah, and definitely. I thought this one did too. I mean, mm-hmm. going from the opening with World War One, mm-hmm. and then you have... Angela discovering her chief had a clan costume in his closet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then learning Which was about, interesting. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then learning about her heritage. Mm-hmm. And then we go to I thought having Skip Gates as the uh Hearing those gates, yeah, the, uh, the yeah. Treasury Secretary. Yeah, as the Treasury Secretary. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. That, totally. And then we have I guess Vite mm-hmm. learning that he's still really crazy, but he's like yeah. has clones and like right. And that's, it's like, as soon as, what I like about this show is, same as the first episode, the first episode kind of set up world building, but it mm-hmm. put in sprinkles of things that made you wonder, like, what is What's, this about? Yeah, that's true. And mm-hmm. then this episode answered a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then even as soon as they mm-hmm. answer those questions, it's like one or two more pop up in its place. Yeah, which it's I think like is, Hydra, yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah, it's totally, it's it's definitely good world building. We finally found out why their kids are white. Because right. they're not their kids; they're adopted from another superhero couple who died. That made, that, and I'd like that they didn't over-explain it. Right, that was really well done. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just, I don't know. I'm be, maybe I'm just being prejudiced, but because of the law, it was the Lost showrunner, and mm-hmm. Lost went nowhere at mm-hmm. all. I'm just really cautious. Don't like, be hurt I really, again. yeah, exactly. I, I yeah, exactly. I want to be hurt again. Okay, like, yeah. I never saw Lost, mm-hmm. so I don't have any any kind of mm-hmm. personally. So it's, I want I want to go to a little more of the. The details here. The scene showing the white knight was really cool. Like how she she started off hugging the chief, trying to lower him down mm-hmm. from being hung, and then it cuts to her hugging Black Manta mm-hmm. and the house. Mm-hmm. And then how it ends is her waking up, and she's in the hospital bed, and she and the chief pledges to stay in the force with her mm-hmm. and holds her hand and then it transitions back out with her touching mm-hmm. his hand. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is just really, again, we talked about just yeah. great filmmaking. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this character, Red Scare. 
Like that's got to be there's got to be a really interesting. I'm not a Nazi. Yeah. I'm a communist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the fact that he's, you know, he's he's first in line to go beat the crap out of white supremacists. Um, it's an interesting. It's a, there's there's an interesting story there. I do kind of like that the, that a lot of the side characters, like Pirate Jenny, you don't really see her so much in this episode, but you see the side characters and you're kind of like, what's their story? And that was something that the comic book did really well. You sure. were really interested in even like the little kind of side guy who only shows up in one or two panels. Yeah. This the show is doing the same thing where you're kind of like, what what's going on with that? No, totally. How do you feel about this? Uh, what is it? American hero story. I think once we finish everything, it'll be easier to kind of make our. Mm-hmm. By judgment, but just like the Black Freighter, like the quotes, you know, I wrote them down here, mm-hmm. and the person, it was super violent. That was insane. Mm-hmm. And he, he smashed a dude's head with the, yeah. with the, the, the yeah, cash exactly. register. Ooh. And the fact that this was just on regular TV, like what? And she, I mean, and, and Angela was fine with letting her, well, her adopted son watch it. Yeah, but he'd seen his parents die, so I guess it didn't matter to have him see more violence in her mind. But that said, I did, I do realize that I just said this was regular TV, oh my gosh, but then. I watched this on regular TV, so I guess, yeah. And, but also, too, uh-huh. that show prefaced, like, mm-hmm. five minutes. It was like a mm-hmm. uh, like a medical pill commercial. Yeah, it was. It was like, there was, like, so many lists of things that were problematic mm-hmm. in this show. Don't, mm-hmm. or, like, don't let kids watch this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even, like, stay with them while you watch it. Like, don't let mm-hmm. kids watch this yeah. shit. So, yeah, you know, the, and the quote was like, you know, who, who, who are you? It's like, who am I? When I was little, when I looked in the mirror, I saw a stranger looking back at me. And he was very, very angry. Mm-hmm. What could I do with all this energy? Nothing to ground this high voltage. You know, it was, it was really cool. And then, you know, and it, it started to transition out to Angela. Mm-hmm. I never felt comfortable in my own skin. So mm-hmm. I made a new one, a costume, right? Mm-hmm. When I put it on, he and I became one. So who am I? Finding the answer to that, I wouldn't be wearing a fucking mask. Mm-hmm. So, and it, again, it transitions right into... Yeah. Her. And it transitions from her finding her old chief's costume. Right. His mask. So it's right. like, you they know. They do a really good so... job of showing the interconnectedness and yeah. how all these different characters, even though they're all in walking around in their own skin and clearly deal with issues of feeling disconnected from the world at large, they're all thinking the same things, which I think is a really, really good, uh, one of the better themes within the Watchmen properties. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, like I said, I think I'm really still interested, and I'm just, I think, like I really enjoyed this one. I think that the the first episode was it hit me in a stronger way, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed this episode personally, and I'm just, I really want to see just how it ends. Like yeah. I, I wish I could just freeze myself and yeah. just binge it all. Yeah, in that sense, it did what good TV does. I want to see what happens next. So. Yeah, and I'm, I, I mean, I, and I enjoy speculating about what's going to happen next, which is interesting. Was that kid? Does that kid have superpowers? Which kid? The kid she was talking to in the room about Uncle Jed dying, who who's like stacking that. Oh, her oldest son, the oldest adopted Blanket Jackson. I know he's not Blanket, but he just looks so much like Blanket Jackson. I just I, that's what I call him. Every, I'm like, oh, it's Blanket. Um, that's ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> um. It is. I'm sorry, but anyway, uh, the yeah, I don't know, maybe, but I'd be surprised if he did. Because I, because I saw underneath that structure was like mm-hmm. a kind of a metal platform, so mm-hmm. maybe it was like they're using like magnetism to keep it yeah. afloat. Because at first I was like, well, what, what is this? Uh, yeah. And I was really, I was worrying about, like, is there other other super super powered people mm-hmm. in the universe? And then I realized I watched it a few times, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, got it. Yeah, you know, there's a whole 
Now, one thing that they're doing a good job with unfurling in terms of the world building is that apparently all the technology is just slightly different. So if you read the the supplemental materials on the Watchmen, I haven't read on the Watchmen website, I haven't read them all yet, but one of the things they say is that magnetism is much more developed Mm. and uh, like power sources are much more developed because Mm -hmm. of Dr. Manhattan, but the internet doesn't exist. Okay. Right, which I think is interesting. Fascinating. Right. So there's all of these steps away from technology as we know it, but there's also concurrent versions of technology as we know it because Dr. Manhattan existed. Interesting. Yeah. So I think I wonder if that was an illustration of one of those things, but I Probably. don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm I'm honestly I'm kind of damning it with faint praise. I'm nervous, but I think it's still a good show and I'm looking forward to the next episode for sure. Yeah, same. Yeah. Let's go to BoJack. Bear with me, folks. I didn't really write a whole lot of notes about this. I've been so pressed for time. And mm-hmm. you got to watch a movie, an eight-episode show, mm-hmm. and Watchmen. Like, we still have day jobs, man. We're like, right. yeah, it's crazy. This is nuts. I've never watched this much TV in my life. I kind of enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm like, it's oh, quality. my gosh, what's going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, this is going full into spoilers. Mm-hmm. So if you have not watched BoJack, mm-hmm. turn off now. Cause, yeah. And then find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P, <laughs> Instagram at B-L-E-R-D-P-R-U-P, and Twitter, B-L-E-R-D-U, and write, scribe. Scribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Let us know how you feel. Yeah. Help us out. We love comments. We love discussions. Financialblur.com. Talk course, to us. Too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bojack. Okay. Ooh, man. I like how mm. it continues the main story of these characters and mm-hmm. evolves them. But it also, as you're talking about current events, mm. so it dealt with, you know, BoJack's animation team had a strike, and they address striking in the show. Mm-hmm. They talked about, you know, how still superhero movies can become or are, you know, I almost say are, but mm-hmm. the, the anxiety about that. Mm-hmm. And also how female directors play in these situations. Mm-hmm. You can only direct a female superhero movie, mm-hmm. not anything else. Yeah. Right. And when you direct it, you've got to direct it in the way that is accepted to tell female superhero stories. Yeah. Do what do what we want you to do. Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid you actually bring any of your own experience to this movie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And vision. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Episode two versus Carolyn mm-hmm. with that baby. Yeah, that was we were talking a little bit about this last week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just I don't think I've ever seen. Kind of such a I, I hate to say it, but such a realistic portrayal of the kind of stress that I, now I'm not a mother, but I am a woman, mm-hmm. right? And even without a kid, like there is this ex, there is this expectation that you can do it all, right? And that if you're not doing it all, there's something wrong with you, right. and you're somehow inferior, right? Or, or you're a bimbo, or you're lazy, or you know, there's something wrong with you if you're not out there just grinding 124 percent all the time with relationships and work and uh, extracurricular activities. It's difficult, right? Um, now I'm not saying that men don't also have a version of these same sorts of expectations. But men, the thing about it is that men have access to significantly greater resources and also to the labor of women to help them make that happen. And women often are just left to do it all on our own. Mm-hmm. And if we need help, we're expected to buy it um, in terms of like getting a nanny or getting a house cleaner. And if you do that, then people still look down at you because you're supposed to do it all. You, what do you mean somebody else is looking after your kid? What do you mean somebody else is... Um, cooking your food or cleaning your house why do you need an assistant all of those things are questions you know there's this idea that every woman is 
a lazy superhero, right? Right. And I really that I really felt that episode because it really does show you how you're supposed to that the the device of using like a shadow of Princess Carolyn doing all the things she's supposed to do around the room while she is just somewhere just completely zonked out with no idea what she's going to be able to completely zonked out with no idea what she's going to be able to do next. It was so accurate because it does feel like you've got to be everywhere at one time yes. doing everything at one time. And the real you is just somewhere inside all of that just trying to take a nap. Right? And then you have that externally mm-hmm. and this here's a here are pictures of women who do it all mm-hmm. here's a picture of what the ideal woman is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it obviously doesn't reveal mm-hmm. the reality exactly and all these other women are hanging around kind of lying saying that they are also doing it all and they're not they they have their own tricks and tools of the trade but nobody talks about that and they're also rich yeah this doesn't account for you know single mothers yes. poor single mothers mm-hmm. working class single mothers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought that was that was really great. Mm-hmm. The gut punch in the first episode about Jameson, and it was really her baby. She tricked Bojack to going to her house to, remember that? The girl who yeah. was drinking oh, the vodka. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she yeah, was yeah, talking yeah. about how, you know. Yeah, I really felt bad there. I was like, oh, her poor dad, God. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Poor dad and poor Bojack, who's actually ca- trying to kind of do the right thing. Do the and right still thing. gets kicked in the throat with it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked I liked his quote. That's the thing about this show. It's you have these heavy topics, and then right in mm-hmm. the middle, they'll throw out a joke, and you do laugh. Mm-hmm. Like episode two, when she was asking Bojack about names for her child, and he mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, I had sex with this lady at this party, blah blah blah." And then he said, "You know what? Maybe you shouldn't ask me about any women's names." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I mean, the show is really funny, and yes. it's good because it's kind of this this dark comedy, but in the best possible way. Yeah. A lot of dark comedy is dark comedy you cringe at but Bojack Horseman literally does have some legit laugh out loud moments which I always appreciate it but then it then you know but you're right you're you're horrified and shocked and when deeply, those gut punches come yeah you're you know you're devastated deep in your feelings in one moment and then you're laughing the next it's a really good show and Amazing I really appreciate show. it if you had told me a couple of years ago that one of my favorite shows would be about an anthropo a, a land with anthropomorphic animal people who coexist with regular human beings and talk about s- depression and mental health and the struggles of work life and dating life I, I would have thought you were smoking something um, but this show is really great yeah and super creative. I love the creativity in it. Because they know it's a ridiculous concept and they play with that a lot. So the, it's emotionally very genuine, but visually just bizarre. It's great. I love mm-hmm. the gags they have. Mm. Like during the episode with the, the female director, mm. they had in the background a rabbit wearing a Punisher shirt. Mm. And so obviously throughout the show, they'll have gags like a worm literally doing the breakdancing worm. Mm. Or I liked in season, it was season five where a guy was talking to a, a mantis woman out of, out of his car. Oh, yeah. And as she was she was talking to her, she was salting him. Yeah, yeah. You know, these guys are great. Um, so this, I'm assuming, what's cool about the rabbit Punisher, I'm going to call it the Punisher because, bunny, right? Yeah, Punisher, because there are some gags that are obvious, but sometimes you legit have to pause mm. the frame to catch them. Right. Like, even now... There are probably so many Easter eggs I missed mm-hmm. or just little nuggets. Like, I would like to watch it again just mm-hmm. to see what I missed. Mm-hmm. Now, story-wise, sorry. No, no, you're fine. Go, go ahead. So, story-wise, 
Were you expecting them to bring back Sarah Lynn quite like this? I wasn't. I thought that that story was done. I mean, here's the thing. And what I like about this show is he's in therapy. Mm -hmm. And so therapy, you have to relive what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And that has always weighed very heavily on him. Right. And I thought that maybe they'd bring her back in his thoughts like they do with Mm -hmm. his parents. But I didn't think that they would actually open like the the last episode of this half of the season was really surprised by the turn it took i was really oh okay so they're gonna get back into the whole sarah lynn situation and bojack might actually face some consequences beyond interpersonal consequences for what happened with that and i thought that was interesting and that's what i admire is Mm -hmm. there are a lot of feel-good even dark movies or tv shows where you know this guy's down and out or woman whatever down and out and by the end of it you know i feel good about myself and everything's good the world is great Mm -hmm. this show lets you know that True to its vision mm-hmm. of being real is that even if you've moved on, mm-hmm. not everyone has moved on with you, and not everyone who are close to you mm-hmm. or know you know everything you've done mm-hmm. and know it when you do it. Like, you know, even Diane had to grapple with him. I forgot that girl's name, Penny, in, yeah. in New Mexico. Like, she had to grapple with what he did in season five, kind right. of. I mean, I don't know if they. I don't think that because I think that came up in the last episode of this half, too, where I think she's finally going to figure out the full truth of that. And that's going to be interesting. Diane and his sister. And these are people who are closest to him. What happens when Mm -hmm. you've kind of moved on and you're trying to be a a better person? But you still your past catches up to you. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's it's such a compelling show. It's really well done. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I'm super tired of Mr. Peanut Butter and Pickles. I'm so tired of them. Um, I mean, I get it, and I'm sure that's interesting to somebody, but, oh, move on. Every time he shows up, I'm just like, oh, stop being cheerful. I mean, I get he's supposed to be a deconstruction of exactly what you're talking about, where, you know, at the end of the character arc, everything's just great, even if you kind of did some bad stuff. But, oh, he's annoyingly perky, him and Pickles. Although, I, the one thing I do like about them is that one thing I like about this show in general, and I think it's really well exemplified with peanut butter and Pickles, is that, you know, nobody... A very wise friend said to me years ago that the truth of a relationship is always in between two people. Nobody else sees that space. And you really do see that in this show. Yeah. Because you really don't... Nobody else is privy to that. And that whole episode where they're walking around having that fight when he admits that he cheated on her, it was really well done. But all of a sudden, everybody else is privy to that private space in between the two of them. And you really do see that relationships have a privateness to them that people don't... that people take for granted. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. That episode reminded me of the of the free churro, where it's just such a such a different direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the structure. Mm-hmm. Really, as you said, just incredibly creative. Mm-hmm. In your sixth season, mm-hmm. you're just that creative. Mm-hmm. Always these surprises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, free churro is a masterpiece, though, and I think that um, what's his name, Will, the voice of Bojack. Will Arnett? Yeah, Will Arnett. I think he's severely underrated because he really does play. If it wasn't for the way he plays Bojack so sincerely, I don't know that the show would be what it is. I mean, mm. I think just the voice cast does an extremely good job overall, but Absolutely. he's amazing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Diane and, and Lakeith Stanfield? Yeah, the big black buffalo. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> I think it's weird that, that his character, the buffalo, and him have the same hairdo. But also, I think um, I... I don't know. I kind of 
you were saying you really want to see uh, Princess Carolyn have a redemption arc, mm-hmm. right? I really want to see Diane have a redemption arc in which she just gets to be herself and not have her and her sense of self be dependent on other people because that is constantly her story. And um, it's, I mean, yeah. she's she's trying to fight it though. I mean, she, she had a she had a, mm-hmm. her quote: "I can't be with you mm-hmm. if you're the only good thing in my life. That's but, too much pressure." I agree, but then what does she do? She moves in with him, like. I just, I get that she's trying to break free of that, but I just really would like to see Diane have some sort of, to realize some of the independence that she's so desperately trying to express. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really want her to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want them all to win. Yeah. That's the thing. Even though they're, they do some really crappy things, but you still want everybody in the show to win. Yeah. And then that makes you look at yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, we all deserve love. Do we? Yeah. But Bojack did some horrible things. Like, we saw it. Mm-hmm. All of it. Mm-hmm. And we're about to see it again from the sounds of things. Yeah. But, yeah, we still want the best for him. Mm-hmm. Can we say the, say the same for ourselves? It's like how this show went from, you know, season five addressed it with Filbert. This show isn't here to make people feel good about their shitty behavior. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of where it was going. Ah, you mm-hmm. know, life sucks, but, you know, Bojack gets me. And then season five was like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. we're not doing that. In mm-hmm. fact, we're going to we're going to rehab into yeah. therapy. Yeah. Okay, that's great. You know what? I guess if I just go to therapy and everything, you know, work out, I'll be mm-hmm. great. No, I'm sorry. Actually, sometimes we do things that we can't take back, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to go to therapy, and you're also gonna have to recon- reconcile with those things. Yeah, I and, mean, and with the yeah. folks you care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the business of being human is complicated and hard. Relationships are hard. Self-awareness is hard, but I think I like this show because it shows that all of them are possible. Yes. Difficult, but possible. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it might not look like the idealized versions of those things, but, you know, they're still possible. And it took a cartoon horse to tell us this story. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So now that we've just introspected ourselves into a whole thinking about BoJack Horseman, I'm thinking about Free Churro now and how just unexpected that whole episode was fantastic Mm -hmm. there was nothing with quite that that wham feeling in this half of the season but i'm wondering what they're going to do i wonder how this is going to end you know it's never it's not going to tie up neatly that's not how this show does but it's going to take us somewhere we don't expect and i really am looking forward i'm excited about Mm -hmm. that yeah Yeah. what better way to start off a new year a new decade Mm -hmm. than to examine regrets trauma Mm -hmm. and how to possibly move on Mm mm-hmm yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. You have anything you'll say? Uh, yes, but not about Bojack Horseman. Moving on. Keep going. We're is there, done. Is there anything you want to talk about? Oh, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I, do you want to talk about anything else? No, because I got to go home and edit this thing. Ah, okay. All right, y'all. What did you all think about Terminator Dark Fate? What do you think about our review? Let mm-hmm. us know in the comments, reviews, etc. What did you think about the new episode of Watchmen? What did you think about Bojack Horseman? Let us know. Thanks for listening all the way through. We know it's been a lengthier one. Anyway, again. We talked about a lot. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, I had a good time. Thank you, Mel, for coming. Thank you for having me, as always. Of course. Once again, we are Blurred Up. Find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We're on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. We're on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. And we are also on Blurred.com. Find us there. How can they find you? Uh, 
leave comments on the Blurred Up page on Facebook. That's the best way. You're not going to do the equal opportunity oh, reader? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I can talk about that. So I have a bookstagram slash booktube slash book Facebook chatty page thing called Equal Opportunity Reader. Just type that into the search bar, Equal Opportunity Reader, and you will find me on all three of those platforms. All I do is talk about books, all kinds of books. So if you like to read, come find me there. Use cop to grip of uh, Toni Morrison books. Like I did, last, actually. Last weekend, right? Yeah, I did, which was interesting. I don't know when I'm ever going to read them all again, but actually, today's Halloween, so can I just talk about Toni Morrison for like two sentences? Toni Morrison okay. wrote Beloved, and everybody talks about Beloved because it won prizes, and it's this massive... Um, epic work about slavery and trauma and the black American experience, et cetera, et cetera. But at its heart, Beloved is a ghost story. Beloved is maybe my favorite horror piece of horror fiction because Beloved is a ghost story. Beloved is scary, and people don't ever talk about that because it is literature. But no, it's very scary. So Interesting. keep that in mind. All right. Mm-hmm. Because we're not going to be able to have a chance to do an actual Halloween special mm-hmm. this year, are there any movies or episodes of shows that you watch every year? You know, I didn't really grow up celebrating Halloween, so mm-hmm. no. I think I usually try and read something scary, like Dracula that sounds or Frankenstein. Like you. Yeah, thanks. Huh? Wonk, wonk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I try and read something scary, like Dracula or Frankenstein or Beloved. Sure. Uh, but I don't really do Halloween. I think I've, won- I've dressed up for Halloween maybe three times my whole life. Mm-hmm. It's just never been something I celebrated a lot, which is strange, but I just never did. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I'm a big The Crow fan. Mm. I think it's one of the more underrated comic book adaptations. Mm. The soundtrack is great, and it takes place on Halloween. So I, mm-hmm. I tend to watch that and kind of revisit the soundtrack around this time. I actually put out, well, it's not related, but, you know, I'm a DJ, mm-hmm. and I put out a mix that you can find if you wish. It's mm-hmm. called Into the Dark by False Face. And it's a little, I kind of created a short story through music mm. of a my of a personal journey I had mm-hmm. uh, years ago into like a dark Mm. A dark kind of state of mind. Yeah. So I I, res- I revisit that. I tend to watch. I don't really revisit things anymore. I tend to Google best horror films and I try to watch new ones. Mm. Typically, I watch them kind of after Halloween, like mm-hmm. November. So like last mm-hmm. year, I watched Rosemary's Baby for the first time. Oh really? Wow. And God, what else did I watch? <sighs> I was watching at least three or four new movies. Wow. Like after Halloween. See. What you don't know and what our what up listeners also don't know is that I am a chicken. That's why I don't watch horror <laughs> movies, okay? I attempted to watch The Autopsy of Jane Doe about a week ago. Okay. And I watched, I got like 15 minutes into it. And I was like, yeah, this is fun. I wonder what cartoons Netflix has changing. So I really, so that's part of why I don't really do horror films because okay. I'm really a chicken. Um, but yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, so you saw Rosemary's Baby for the first time last year. You should totally post the link to your mixtape on the Blurred Up page. I think people would be interested in hearing it. I'm sure. interested in hearing it. Sure. I also, what I want to finish, uh, Resident Evil 2 came out mm-hmm. earlier this year, and mm-hmm. it's probably the scariest game ever made. Mm-hmm. I've been terrified to play it. Even in broad daylight, I've had folks over. I'm like, I, can't do, I can't do this. Whoa. Come over. <laughs> wow. Come over. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's terrifying really terrifying so i want to try and finish this uh before the end of next month check in with mm-hmm. me if, see if i have yeah. done it or not wow intense all right would you like to give our tag our, our our lead out information one more time nah okay i'm lazy all right should i do it i don't even know it do i peace y'all yeah bye <laughs> 
Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.